Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, February 13th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. I hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl last night. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit more. I think uh, the, those might have been the only two teams in the NFL that didn't have an NFL player, or excuse me, didn't have a, a Buckeye on them. The only two teams in the NFL that didn't have a Buckeye on them. I know Trey Sermon is technically on the Eagles, but he's like on the practice squad. That doesn't count. I'm talking about active roster. I think those might be the only two teams in the NFL, the Eagles and the Chiefs, that don't have a Buckeye. But uh, anyway, um, we'll get into the Super Bowl a little bit later. The crux of the show is going to be your expectations for the 2023 Ohio State football season. Um, I'm never a uh, – well, I shouldn't say never because Jay Book talked me into it last year. I'm never a national championship or bus guy until I was talked into it last year. And frankly – I mean, look how close they got, you know, even though they lost to Michigan, that Georgia game, we all know, I mean, the Buckeyes, it felt like the better team did not win that night, even though Georgia, who knows if they would have played 10 times, it would have happened. But that one night, it seemed like Ohio State was the better team. And then I, I'm convinced, I'm sure you guys are too, that they would have beaten TCU, Ohio State would have, they would have won the national championship. They had the team last year. Do they have the team this year? What's your expectations? And beyond expectations, like what would make you happy? Um you know, what would make you um, – what, what would what would be a successful season next year? Does it have to be a national championship? Um, so, for me, no. I, I think, you know, in 2023, I, I still have high expectations. It's Ohio State. They still have plenty of talent, even with a first-year quarterback. You're not talking about – you know, you're not running out – I hate to throw his name out there, but you're not running out like Steve Belisari out there. Okay, you're not running out Joe Bozerman. You know, these are good quarterbacks, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, who are handpicked by um, Ryan Day, who recruits quarterbacks and evaluates them as well as anybody, and then coaches them up. So, yeah, so, all right, so we, already have, we already have, you know, Sue is saying Natty or the worst make the playoffs. So, and then we have Mike on, on YouTube saying beat Michigan, period. Okay, so this is where some of you guys, I kind of come down on what you, some of you guys are saying right here. Um, another one, Bucknuts 88, beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, and get to the CFP. That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, that's my expectation, and that's that would make it a successful season, and then see what happens from there. Um, I'm not a national championship or bus guy in 2023, but I still have high expectations. Now, anything less than a Big Ten champion, then a win over Michigan, can't lose to them three straight years. You got to go to Ann Arbor. They're going to be good again. Um, you got to beat Michigan. You got to win the Big Ten and get to the playoffs. And I think, you know, if they win the Big Ten, they're going to get in the playoffs. And I guess unless you have two losses, um, but then it's going to be hard to be Big Ten champs, even with the win over Michigan, if you have two losses. I guess unless one of the losses is at Notre Dame. That's another thing. This is a tough schedule. Um, at Notre Dame in the non-conference, the East is tough as always. Crossover game at Wisconsin. Um I think Minnesota is another crossover game. They get, I mean, that's that's a tough schedule. I mean, the East is going to be tough. Michigan's going to be good again. Penn State's going to be good. I think Penn State's going to have an upgrade at quarterback with Drew Aller as a sophomore compared to you know Clifford last year as a sixth year, sixth year senior. Maryland has Tonga Vailoa coming back. Anyway, so yes, anything less than a Big Ten title, anything less than a win over Michigan, um, that's an unsuccessful season. Uh, so you know, and I think. I think Ryan Day would agree with what a lot of us are saying. Maybe he would say national championship or bust, but I think that probably the goals there, obviously the ultimate goal is to win a national championship. Let's not get it twisted. But I'm just, you know, I wanted to kind of gauge what people were thinking and 
you know, if I haven't, uh, if I haven't seen your comment in the live, you know, comment section so far, I apologize. I'm going to try and get to as many as I can. Um, but you know, and if you're not listening to the live version, watching the live version, give your comments, uh, in, you know, whatever platform you are viewing the show in or listening to the show. in. so I'd love to hear from all of you. What are your expectations as Buckeye fans this year? What's going to make this a successful season? We're about what three and a half weeks away from spring ball starting. So that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, a lot of people are saying just, you know, beat Michigan and just go from there. <laughs> Lose to Michigan twice in the, twice in a row. I don't think anybody was taking it for granted. I hope nobody was. I guarantee you all of us that lived through the nineties and, you know, we're like, completely invested in the program not just lived through the 90s but we're completely invested in ohio state football in the 90s i guarantee you none of us were taking it for granted but if anybody was taking it for granted the domination over michigan you ain't anymore so you know and I, that goes for i think for the the players themselves too i think especially in that 2021 game in ann arbor i think they walked they waltzed up there like they, they never beat us we're gonna roll our helmets out there and and they got it you know Twice in a row, they've gotten it uh, handed to them. So we'll see. They got to beat Michigan. They got to win the Big Ten, and it's a tough schedule to navigate. But again, Ohio State's going to have the most talent in the Big Ten. They have more talent than Notre Dame, so they'll probably be favored in every game. Maybe other than Michigan, we'll see how that goes. That might be the one. You know, last year I was confident saying they were going to be favored in every game, and they were. Um, you know, they were. Um, they double digit. Were they ten point favorites over Michigan? I'm trying to remember now. Sure, one of you can remember. It was right around there. I think they, if they weren't double digit, I think it was nine points, nine or eight. I think that was the only one they weren't double digit favorites all season, other than Georgia, obviously. Um, so, so there you go. Um, okay, I'm going to get to this too. So there you go. I'm, you know, keep it coming in. I, I want to hear from everybody. What are your expectations? What's going to make you happy as Buckeye fans this year? What would make 2023 a successful season in your book? I want to hear from you. And then we'll, uh, you know, talk more about it on Wednesday's show. All right. I don't get this. So Matt Miller from ESPN, he's the latest to put a mock draft out. And I looked at this and I thought maybe he forgot CJ Stroud was in the, I'm scrolling down and I'm like, I think he forgot CJ Stroud. I think there's like an oversight. No, he just had CJ Stroud falling all the way to ninth to the Panthers. See, these are the things I wish we could bet on. Like, you know, will CJ Stroud fall to ninth in the draft? No, whatever, whatever the odds are, give it, give them to me. You know, I'll, I'll put, I'll put a unit down on that. Um, so he's got Bryce Young going number one overall. Okay, fine. Will Levis going number two to the Texans. I just don't get it at all. I know people are saying Will Levis is, well, he might be what uh, Josh Allen part two. I don't, I don't buy it at all. Um, especially taking him over CJ Stroud. How'd it work out last time for NFL teams when they passed on an Ohio state quarterback, everybody thought should go. Uh, number two in the draft. Yeah, not working out well. It's not working out well for the Jets. Okay, it's not working out well for the 49ers. Now, we'll see about Trey Lance. That story has not been written yet. Um, but, you know, they people passed on Justin Fields at their own peril. And if teams want to pass on C.J. Stroud, that'll be at their own peril as well. Now, I don't think it'll happen. I disagree with Matt Miller. Um, but I will say he's not alone. And that is, that is definitely the furthest I've seen anybody have Stroud falling. I haven't seen ninth. But he's not alone in having C.J. Stroud being the third quarterback off the board. You know, there's a there's a lot of Will Levis smoke. You know, I'm sure he's going. He's a big, big, strong guy, athletic. I'm sure he's going to do well at the combine, throw the ball well. But I mean, we saw Will Levis at Penn State. He actually played well against Ohio State one time when he came in after uh, Clifford got banged up. Um, went to Kentucky for a couple of years and did well. But come on, give me a break. He's not better than C.J. Stroud. I, I watched Kentucky plenty. 
Um, CJ Stroud is a markedly better quarterback than Will Levis. And CJ Stroud still just was in his third year overall. He was a you know, third year sophomore. Levis, a couple years older than him. So Stroud, my point is, is gonna get like he's still he's not raw, but I still think he has room to improve. You know, just little things like taking like what we saw in the Georgia game. It finally clicked, like, oh. Yeah, I am a pretty good athlete. I can run and pick up some cheap yards. And not always cheap yards. He took some, you know, that that one long run he had at the end to almost put him in field goal range. Um, he, I mean, he, he just – that was just a tough run. So, I, the point of the story – I mean, C.J. Stroud in my book is going to go number two. You know, if he doesn't go number one, I don't think that that is completely out, off the table because Bryce Young is going to go to the combine and measure at 5'11". And people are going to look – now, if Kyler Murray had worked out – um, it might be a different story. People are going to look at that and say, well, how did it work out with, with Kyler Murray? How did it work out with Baker Mayfield? Like, it doesn't work out with a lot of short quarterbacks. There are exceptions to the rule. Drew Brees, I get it. There are others. Um, but again, you're talking about the exception to the rule. Do you want the six foot three kid in Stroud? You want the 5'11 kid in Bryce Young? I don't know. We'll see. But Will Levis, I'm not buying that hype at all. He needs to send Josh Allen a thank you card because that's what everybody says when they write about Will Levis. It's always like, he's got a lot of Josh Allen in him. It's like, okay, sure. Um, you see a, a big guy like that. He's always oh, got to be the next Josh Allen. Okay, because there's been so many Josh Allens, right? I mean, okay. Anyway. All right, yeah, the Super Bowl with no Buckeyes. Chiefs win 38-35. Again I, I, again, I think these are the only two teams in the NFL that don't have any Buckeyes on them. Um now, again, Trey Sermon technically on the Eagles roster, but practice squad, I think, are inactive. That doesn't count. Um, now, of course, we couldn't have a Super Bowl without a shaky call at the end, right? I think everybody, if you don't have a dog in this fight, I think everybody has, has said, unless you're a Chiefs fan, I think you've said um, that should not have been called there. By the letter of the law, was it pass interference or defensive holding? Probably. I don't like it called there, I, you know. I won't even bring up last year's Super Bowl because I'm too biased there, but I believe there was a call late in last year's Super Bowl that was pretty shaky too. Oh, did I just bring it up? I mean, the NFL can knock it out of their own way. Like, you you just – to call that in that situation, again, you know, it, should, it shouldn't matter the situation. I get it. If it's a call if it's a call in the first quarter, it should be a call at the end of the fourth quarter. I get that. But is that a call at the, at the beginning of the first quarter? I don't see that called very often in the NFL. DBs put their hands on guys and little grab. I mean, if you, you grab the jersey like and pull it and really throw the guy off his route, you got to call it. Little hand stuff like that, little that happens all the time. Now, Bradbury did admit that he held him. So <laughs> that gave the NFL like a get-out-of-jail-free card right there, as, as if they needed it. It doesn't even matter. They do shaky stuff all the time and nothing happens because it's by far and away our most popular sport, as we all know. Um, it is entertaining. Um, there's no doubt about it, but, man, They've got to do something about the officiating because you have a billion-dollar industry and the officials are part-time employees. Billion-dollar industry and the officiate, officials are part-time employees. I think most of you know that. If you don't know, now you know, you know? So, unbelievable. All right. Got to talk about this hoops team. The beats go on for Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes. The beats go on. Not, that, not what we like to hear. Not what we like to hear. And they've literally reached a new low now, okay? At least for this century, all right? 41 points, the lowest point total for Ohio State in 27 years, okay? 41 points yesterday to Michigan State. They lost 62-41 to at home to Michigan State 
and Ohio State was favored by three points. You heard that right. If you didn't know, they were somehow favored by three points. Um, if you're into the legalized uh, sports gambling here in Ohio and, and you uh, saw that, you probably maybe uh, took Michigan State on the money line. And, uh, you know, um, you would have done well, unfortunately for the Buckeyes, but fortunately for you. Also, I think the computers are broken at ESPN, the analytics. They do the basketball power index. I always do a story on this for the site. Every time I put the point spread out there and then like, what is the win probability? I always think that's a cool thing to look at. What are the analytics saying? Um, obviously, it's not gospel, but it's kind of cool to look at. Football, they do the football power index, too. If you recall going into the uh, uh, the Peach Bowl, they it was like 53-47 Georgia, where everybody was thinking it was going to be, you know, national pundits were thinking blowout, 70-30 Georgia, 80-20. The analytics were like 53 47 Georgia almost a coin flip game and look what happened but this is like this is so many games in a row now Ohio State's had a win probability like in the 70s yesterday according to the analytics Ohio State had a win probability of 73 percent over Michigan State I saw that and I'm like you gotta be kidding me posted a story to the site early yesterday morning and immediately people were like this is unbelievable like this is nonsense and all those people that posted that were right I don't get it I don't whatever you know, model they're using for this Ohio State team. They, it is broke. Like, this is like seriously like the fifth straight game where they've had like a win probability in the 70s. Um, even the game at Michigan last week, Ohio State had a win probability like of 71% in that game. Michigan was actually favored in the game, but the, again, the computers are broke. Anyway, no, and people that are giving Chris Holtman excuses, I, I think you need to stop doing that right now. I mean, maybe just say nothing would be my advice. You know, it's usually if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Listen, if you're going to make excuses in year six, maybe say nothing at all. You know, maybe sit this one out, take a few plays off. Okay, this is not year three. You got to be patient. You know, he's got to get his guys in here. What are you talking about? Like, he, this is year six, his recruits, his transfers, and it's the most embarrassing season that we've seen. 41 points yesterday, the lowest since 1996, like I said. Okay. Um, this is also the longest losing streak this century for Ohio State, six games. But it, that doesn't even do it justice how bad this has been, saying it's a six-game losing streak, because really it's one in ten in your last 11 is, is the bad part. Six-game losing streak would be bad enough, but if they didn't go into that six-game losing streak already playing terrible basketball, going one and four heading into the losing streak, um, still would have been terrible, but it wouldn't be as bad. One in ten? I mean, we have not seen this since the first year of the Jim O'Brien era. That was 1997-98. That's the last time that they had a losing streak this long. Okay? Then you can make excuses. Jim O'Brien took over a train wreck. He did have young Michael Red, freshman Michael Red, um, but didn't have Scooney yet. Scooney was sitting out as a transfer, brought Scooney with him from Boston College. And what did they do in year two? Went to the Final Four. And, yeah, it counts. I don't care what anybody says, Boban Savovich. It counts. Um so you can't, I, I just don't want to hear any excuses. It's year six. Here's the thing though. He's not going to get fired. Okay. And I got, as we've talked about, if you've missed it, should he get fired? Yes. I think that he should. This is a fireable offense this year. This cannot happen at Ohio state. This is, they, they're one of the worst teams in the country. They're 13th in the big 10. And the only team worse than them is Minnesota. Minnesota only has one win in the big 10. Guess who it's against Ohio state. I mean, it's embarrassing. So the worst basketball we've seen at Ohio State in 25 years, by far, not even close. There's not even a close second. 
And but there's 20 million reasons why Chris Holman won't be fired. As we talked about, Jay Book and I talked about it on Friday show. We talked about it a lot. Like we, I have no idea why Gene Smith gave Chris Holtman a contract extension. He had three years left on his contract coming into this year. Uh, well, until he got the extension. So they're not going to pay twenty million dollars because that's what it would take. There's, you'd have to fire him um, for cause to recoup that money. And there's nothing for. I mean, that means you'd have to do something illegal, NCAA violation, something like that. Um, you know, domestic abuse violations. I think something similar with like Chris Beard, you know, I, even though charges were dropped, I think that might still be for cause. I don't know. Not a lawyer. I mean, I'm sure that'd be debatable if, if charges were dropped. But my point is they're not, Chris Holtman's a good man. Okay. He's not going to do anything stupid like that to get himself fired. Um, now he, he's not a good basketball coach apparently, but um, he's a good man by all accounts. I've had some interaction with him, and from my interaction with him, seems like an A-class person. I know other people that know him much better than I do. I hear nothing but good things about him as a man. I think that's why a lot of people are making excuses for him. He's a good person. This is not JV high school basketball, though, where it's, hey, nice guy, come on, it's JV high school basketball. This is Ohio State. He's making $4 million a year, okay? Feel sorry for somebody else. Make excuses for somebody else. Like, this is year six. He's making $4 million a year. It's the last person in the world you should be feeling sorry for or make excuses for. Okay. The product is what it is. It's horrible. And if Gene Smith is okay with it, gave him the dreaded vote of confidence, well, keep watching the, that you think the attendance is bad now, which it is at the shot. Keep watching it go down and down and down and down and down. Now, if this continues next year, I think the boosters are probably going to have enough and they're going to find a way to buy them out. But I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think they're going to pay him $20 million not to coach. I mean, it was tough for them to pay Thad Mata $9 million not to coach. So they fired him with $3 million left on his contract. Don't buy the stuff that Thad resigned. He was fired. And he got all $9 million of his dollars, as he should. So um, they're stuck with Holtman for now. So there you go. And again, you know, pass it along. I, no more excuses. Just sit this one out if you're going to make excuses for Chris Holtman. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't think anybody does. All right. Appreciate you guys. Got a little fired up there at the end. Um, but, hey, you know, it's the worst Ohio State basketball team we've seen by far in at least 25 years. So, hopefully it's a one-year blip. Doesn't feel that way, though, does it? Again, it's not like he's had, had like six. The only really successful season he had in my book was the first year. You know, everything else has been mediocre. The first year, finished second in the Big Ten. You know, won again and almost won, again, came within an eyelash of, of beating Michigan State for the Big Ten regular season championship. Um, Kata Bates-Diop, Jayshon Tate, they overachieved. Uh, fun year. And um, won a game in the NCAA tournament. Had a good game in the second round. You know, you know, you know, played. I believe it was Gonzaga they played in the second round. They were like heavy underdogs, but stayed right with them. And then since then, it's it's been just, just mediocrity. And then this year, it's just completely gone off the rails. So... There you go. But they're stuck with them. 20 million reasons why. All right. 20 million reasons why I love you guys. I really appreciate you guys um, making the Bucknuts Morning 5 a part of your routine. I know you guys have tons of choices out there. Friends of mine do Buck, uh, do uh, Buckeye podcasts. I almost said they do Bucknuts podcasts. I guess friends of mine do do Bucknuts podcasts too, like Dan Rubin and Patrick Murphy. But uh, friends of mine I know from other outlets do a bunch of podcasts. And, you know, even people I don't know that well that do Buckeye podcasts. I know you guys have tons of choices out there. Really appreciate all of our loyal listeners and viewers 
Hope all of you have a great rest of your day.